The following content has been provided by RWTH Aachen University. Okay, um, so now let's talk a little bit about um, adaptive UI because there are basically two main problems that you have when you implement an application that should run on, across all these different devices. The first thing is the user interface that will probably be different on the different devices because you have different input available. Like on one um, device you might have touch input, on the other one you might have mouse input, pen input. Uh, you might have bigger or smaller screen sizes, so you can't really show all the different inputs there, um, all the different um, outputs there. Uh, and on the other hand, there is also um, logic-wise or hardware-wise, there are differences. Like um, on a smartphone, I have physical buttons available that I could react to, like the volume buttons or the answer phone call button or the back button and stuff like this, which is not typically available on like the Raspberry Pi or Surface Hub or um, on the desktop windows, for example. So let's see how we can deal with these differences and then still have one binary um, for our application. So the first part referring to the UI is a concept called adaptive UI. So imagine uh, we have our application that should run both on a 4-inch phone and a 55-inch Surface Hub. So um, what you could do, of course, is you could hook up your code with if statements depending on the screen size. Um, that basically works, but it doesn't scale very well, uh, especially when you now take into account that you have different devices, a lot of different devices. Maybe you have two versions of the Surface Hub, lots of different phone screen sizes and stuff like this. So it's not really elegant uh, to use if statements for this. Um, one better way to do it is actually to use separate XAML files. So you recall that XAML is the description for your user interface and you can basically um, use um, different um, XML pages for, uh, or files for different device classes. So for example, in your project, you can have a, a device family called device family desktop. So this is basically the classic Windows uh, that, you, that you know running on a PC, or you can have a device family mobile, and then only the corresponding um, XAML file will be loaded depending on what device you're running this application on. So all these XAML files are available in the binary, um, but um, they will only be called specifically based on the different platform you're running this application on. Um, and still what you will have is um, the glue code, so basically your view controller or, and, and the model, that is still one file. Uh, you're just referring to um, or having a different representation on these, uh, with these XM, uh, XAML files, but there's still one um, XML uh, C-sharp file, for example, for um, yeah, providing the glue code. So a more elegant solution is actually to make use of uh, Microsoft's uh, concept called Adaptive UI. So that is basically one um, XAML or HTML file in case you're writing JavaScript applications for your application uh, supporting all the different screen sizes. Well, and how does this work? Uh, it makes use of so-called visual state triggers and visual state setters. So here's an example. Um, Within my XAML file, I can define um, certain visual, um, I, can, I can attach a visual state manager that um, takes care of visual state groups. And um, let's take one example here. 
So here is a visual state called medium, which basically refers to we have a medium screen size, basically. What it does is, um, um, first let's, let's look at the trigger. So the trigger is basically that event, uh, when that occurs, the corresponding setter will be called. So what the trigger does is it looks for a minimum window width of 600 pixels. Uh, let's say you're running this on your phone, which has a very low resolution, below uh, 600 pixels, then this trigger will not be fired. If you now have at least 600 pixels available uh, in, the, in the width in your, on your screen, then um, this event uh, will be, um, this trigger will be uh, called here, and it will basically uh, use this setter here. So it will say that the Hello World text box font size should be of size 32. Yeah. So this is basically a collection of different cases, and if a certain case is true, uh, it will adapt the user interface accordingly to that um, trigger uh, and, 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 and corresponding setter that you have defined here. So, and of course you can add more visual state triggers here, like if uh, you have a minimum or maximum, like on the Surface Hub, you can even blow up the font size even more. Um, here are some examples of different UI styles um, called adaptive and, and tailored UI. So what is the difference between those two things? So, um, well, first of all, we see it's the same application running on two different um, devices. Uh, this is Skype. Um, and if you look at those two applications, the layout is pretty much the same, actually. So this is called an adaptive UI. Uh, what it does is, uh, for example, it sets the focus on, on the visual, um, on the camera view um, to a certain part here. Uh, basically, it takes all these buttons here, and, well, there's one button here, the end call button. Basically, it reflows that to the bottom here, makes it even bigger, so it's easier accessible. Uh, and um, yeah, it, it puts the, um, the preview window here for seeing yourself, um, makes that a little bit smaller here. But looking at those two interfaces, they're more or less very, very similar. Now, a tailored UI is basically a complete different representation of your UI based on the screen size. So here you can see Outlook have, uh, or the calendar um, from, from um, the calendar application. You can see I have a lot of screen space available here, so I can have a very big view of um, putting all my different appointments here visually in a, a table uh, layout uh, in, in 2D. I have an overview calendar here and some other options. But on the smartphone, I don't have that much space available. Now, one option would be, as I said, that you can basically do horizontal scrolling. So basically, uh, this is where your phone layout starts, and then you can scroll through the different, uh, through this whole pane here, uh, by horizontal swiping, but in case of a tailored UI, which is often a much better solution, you do uh, redesign your user interface based on this uh, small available screen size. So for example here, there is a different widget where I can select a different date, days uh, by tapping, and then below I have a list of the different um, appointments listed from, from top to bottom basically. So that answers basically the question of the adaption of your user interface. Now the next question is the adaptive code, basically. Um, so we have one binary, as we said, but we have or may have device-specific uh, features. For example, the phone back button is not available in the Windows desktop mode. Uh, so what will happen if you um, 
ask for the, the um, event of the Windows back button, um, you have that in your code and then it gets called, but maybe some other hardware attached to that is not available. Well, your application is probably going to crash, so that's not good. One way to do it is, of course, to have these compiler statements here, basically if devs, um, where you can basically check for what kind of platform or device uh, family you are running this code on. But this has several drawbacks. Um, first of all, it's not scalable. Again, if you have a bunch of devices, you are going to end up with a lot of different if, if dev statements, basically. It's not really nice to read and messy code. Uh, and this one here is a compile time construct. It basically means um, when your code gets compiled, it will only take certain parts of the code and put that together. Now think about your compiling um, or you're creating a unit test. You would have to um, specify different unit tests for each of these different um, device classes, basically. Um, so that's not really the recommended way to do it. The solution is actually to use platform-specific APIs. So um, let's say the camera, there's a camera API or there's a phone button API that is just available on your specific device. Yeah? Remember, we have the Windows Core, but of course, there is device-specific um, capabilities available, and that means that there might be different or on top different APIs that are only available for these different device classes. Now, you still have to query for them, and that's why there is a meta API called the API Information API, where you can basically query what APIs are available on that platform. So here's an example. Um, this one basically will look for the Windows Phone uh, hardware buttons if they are available. And so you can just say, okay, Windows Foundation uh, metadata, so API information, is type present? Um, yeah, is basically, are the Windows Phone hardware buttons available? And in that case, uh, do something like, um, open the camera, for example. Still, you might argue that looks kind of similar to these if defs where I have like several if statements. Um, the benefit is still um, all these checks are performed at runtime. So it is not a specific um, or a cut down code, basically. It's still that all the inappropriate blocks will just be skipped at runtime. So you can still create one unit test uh, that checks or where you can basically set to the different um, device types that you want to test for. Um, and still we, as I said, we just have one compiled binary, so one, one code file basically. This content was provided by RWTH, Aachen University.